Noir Radio Theater presents a period piece written by Susan Luminello and performed by Celeste Howe. Hi, I'm Ruby. When I was a little girl, I had an imaginary friend, Bippy. Bippy was sassy. So whenever I got in trouble, I just blamed it on Bippy. My parents were not amused. Eventually, Bippy faded away into the ether of childhood. Sometime later, I acquired an imaginary enemy, Aunt Flo. And like my imaginary friend, my imaginary enemy was very real to me. But she stuck around much, much, much longer. I'll never forget the first time I met Aunt Flo. I was at home, in the bathroom. I noticed a spot of dark blood on my underwear. Welcome! Welcome to what? To womanhood! I'm only 13. How can I be a woman? Because now you can have babies. Babies? I, I don't even have a boyfriend. I see I've got a bit of a smartass on my hands. Then she told me she was too busy for my shenanigans and that I should ask my mother about the details, which I did. Ruby, the reason you get your period is because Eve made Adam eat an apple and women have been getting punished for it ever since. That wasn't my fault. I didn't give anyone an apple. Well, that's not how God looks at it. Well, the whole thing seems like a big pain. I'm not into it. Look at you, Ruby. You've had your period for five minutes and you've already got PMS. But, Mom, what's up with this Aunt Flo? Hmm, that's what we call our situation. So we can talk about it, but not upset anybody. What if I want to talk about it? You can't talk about what's going on in your private area. You tell them your Aunt Flo is visiting. What about our relatives? What about Grandma? She's going to think she's got a daughter she never knew about. Grandma knows Aunt Flo. So yes, I was a smartass. But a smartass filled with a sense of importance as an extremely young, potentially childbearing woman. Why, I almost felt holy, what with all the talk about Eve and the apple. Later that day at the dinner table, I kept my head down, said nothing, and ate very slowly to demonstrate to the world at large that I was taking this new phase of my life seriously. After a few minutes, my father finally asked my mother, <clears throat> What's wrong with her? Aunt Flo came today. He just nodded. He just nodded. He was in on the conspiracy, too. In the early days, I wasn't allowed to wear tampons. My mother said they'd ruin my virginity. She didn't want my future husband, someone she dreamed of, to think he'd been beaten to the punch by a slender tampex I might develop feelings for. I had to wear puffy pads. One time I was in earth science class. 
I had the brilliant foresight that day to wear light-colored pants, my yellow ones. Mr. Corman was explaining the difference between igneous and sedimentary rocks, but I wasn't really paying attention. For me, something bad was happening. I had to leave. But I didn't know how I was going to get out of the class, make it down the hall and into the bathroom without anybody noticing. So I sat there till the bell rang and all the students had left. Mr. Corman was zipping up his briefcase. Was there something I could help you with, Ruby? No, I'm just thinking. All righty. And he left. I slowly slide off the plastic seat. And there it is, a smear of blood. Bad blood. I don't have a sweater or a jacket or anything to wrap around my waist. I scan the classroom to see if there's something I can use. Then I see it, hanging off a pole by the blackboard, the American flag. One of the big ones. Now you're not supposed to remove the flag. You're not even supposed to touch it. But I need it, so I take it. I wrap the flag around my body like a serape, and I take off down the hallway. Kids are looking at me saying stuff. Nice dress. I just keep going. I get to the administration office. I tell the secretary, I have to go home sick. What are you doing with the flag? I, I, I'm supposed to sew it for my teacher. Suddenly, I'm Betsy Ross. But that's school property. I just run. I only live a mile from school, so I'm a walker. I would take the sidewalk home, but I don't want anyone to see me. So I cut through the woods. The flag keeps slipping and... I keep tripping on it. I can feel the blood going down my legs. I can't show up at my house all crying like this, so I, I sit on a tree stump waiting to feel better. That's when Aunt Flo shows up. Oh, this is all your fault. My fault? You're the one who decided on yellow pants. What were you thinking? Why are you doing this to me? Oh, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Did you know that in some ancient societies, menstrual blood was considered sacred? What ancient societies? Names aren't important. The point is they thought the blood could do all kinds of things, cure warts and leprosy and headaches. Some people drink it as a love potion. That's gross. On the other hand, some ancient societies shut women up in huts when they got their period. Some places still do. They think the blood is bad for the crops, yet it works wonders on houseplants. I don't want to hear anything more about crops or huts or houseplants, Aunt Flo. I pull up my flag and race home. When I get to the house, my mother's there. Ruby, what are you doing with a flag? It's ripped. My teacher asked for a volunteer to sew it. I didn't know you were such a seamstress. I've been sewing your buttons on for years. Now you can sew them on yourself. 
I just run upstairs and toss the flag onto my bed. I go into the bathroom and take off my yellow and now red pants. I grab the ivory soap and scrub the stain for a really long time. And some of it comes out, but not all of it. I throw the pants way in the back of my closet, which is a bummer because I love these pants. But they can never be worn again. The next day, I knew I had to bring the flag back to school. I folded it up and tucked it in between my Earth Science book and a copy of Sixteen magazine. I'd wised up, too. I had on dark jeans and two stay-free maxi pads, so I felt super secure, but also like I was walking around with a giant pillow between my legs. After English, I rushed to Earth Science class so I could get there before anyone. Luckily, no one was there. I got the flag out and slid it back onto the pole. Right then, the teacher came in. Oh, hi, Mr. Coyman. Hi, uh, how's, it, how's it going? Oh, Ruby, I wondered what happened to Old Glory. Oh, I, I don't know. It, it was here when I got here. Now I'm lying to the teacher. My lies are like voluminous. Kids start coming into the classroom. I just sit in my chair and try to stop shaking. Then I see it. Blood on one of the white stripes, clear as day. I never thought about checking the flag when I was cleaning my pants. Did you know the white stripes of the American flag are supposed to symbolize purity and innocence? Interesting. I stare at the flag the whole class, willing the stain to disappear. Then I will myself to disappear. After the flag debacle, I moved on to the hymen-busting tampons. I didn't tell my mom. I spent my own babysitting money on them. It was so embarrassing buying tampons. So embarrassing. I always bought extra things to cover up the period paraphernalia. I'll take these five packs of Juicy Fruit, three bags of Doritos, and uh, this box of whatever these things are. I telepathically urge the cashier to ring up faster. Come on, come on, put it in the bag, please. Put it in the bag, put it in the bag. Thank you. Eventually, I got over buying tampons. But I never got over having to lie about my period. Years later, I was home from work. I'd called in sick with a migraine, the classic cover story. I was already in a mood. Flo dropped by to make sure I felt extra miserable. What have we got here? Not at work today? You know... Because of you, I've spent years bleeding on my friend's sheets at a slumber party, at the movies, at my prom, on my wedding night. When you make me too sick to go to work, I have to lie and say I've got a migraine. My colleagues think I have a neurological issue. Well... I'm disappointed. You should honor the blood. Like the ancient people. Oh, yeah. 
the ancient people. What do you want me to do, drink it? You could at least talk about it. Matter of fact, I think you should brag about it. Aunt Flo is huge today. Yeah, right. But then I thought, you know what? I could talk about it. I mean, maybe that's been part of the problem. Not just the suffering, but the suffering in silence. I turned to Aunt Flo. You're right. I'm not going to keep you a secret anymore. Good. Let me know how that goes. But she had got me thinking. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. We all go to Grandma's and crowd around her dining room table. There's turkey with chestnut stuffing, two types of cranberry sauce, jelly, and whole berry. Uncle Dave always brings his homemade cherry brandy. There's lots of conversation, mostly complaints about people's health. Uncle Dave, did you know one of my arches is higher than the other? It throws everything out of whack. My mother, I've had a stiff neck for a month. I can't move my head two inches. And Grandma, at least you can eat. I haven't been able to keep anything down since Monday. And it went on and on, sciatica, bunions, fingers caught in a car door. As it happened, I was having my period in full force that day. I'd also had a lot of Uncle Dave's cherry brandy, plus two or three my dolls. So I decided to throw my hat into the ring of misery. I'm having horrible cramps. I feel like my uterus is being twisted in a vice. No one looked at me. They just went back to chewing. I'm sorry. Did I say something wrong? No one wants to hear about your private ailments, Ruby. Yeah, you don't hear me talking about erectile dysfunction, do you? Go ahead and talk about it, Uncle Dave. I don't want to hear any of this. I know having our periods is messy and awful, Grandma. But is it so messy and awful that we can't have some empathy for the people who have to go through it for, like, more than half their lives? I mean, I have empathy for you. You always have to have a cause, Ruby. Everyone agreed with my mother. I tried to explain why this issue was so important, but now they were all talking, I was drowned out. I stood up, listen to me, and I banged my fist on the table and I sent a dish of cranberry sauce, whole berry, onto the floor. And there it was, a giant red stain on my grandmother's rug, the heirloom rug, the one handed down for generations. Everyone started yelling about the rug, how they loved the rug, how you can't get cranberry stains out of a rug, the rug, the rug. Finally, Grandma said, Leave Ruby alone. Everyone knows Aunt Flo makes girls crazy. I was mortified. I grabbed some napkins and scooped up the berries. 
Then I got on my hands and knees and scrubbed the rug with soap and water while my whole family sat there and watched. It was just like when I tried to get the stains out of my yellow pants. And like then, I didn't get it all. I cried and said I was sorry. Then I cried some more, and Grandma had to help me out of the room. Which was not a great moment, because I was like 35. She brought me upstairs and made me lie down on her bed, and then she shut the light and closed the door. I was in a timeout. Right on cue. What an exhibition! All that crying, yelling at your family on Thanksgiving! You told me to talk about it! Talk about it, yes! I didn't tell you to wreck your grandmother's rug. That's on you, whole berry. Okay, so my first attempt at coming out of the menstrual closet hadn't gone so well. That didn't mean it couldn't go better next time. I work for a large nonprofit. We have a lot of women on staff, like 80%. And people I work with are very out about things. Our sexuality, our politics, our opinions. The CEO has a nose ring. So I had what I thought was a kind of brilliant idea. I'd start a support group for staff members to discuss their periods. I mentioned it to a couple of colleagues, and they said they thought it could be good. I was encouraged. I sent out an email with a date, place, and time. We'd meet once a month, of course. <laughs> I included some good discussion topics. Management paying for tampons and pads for the bathrooms. Giving us menstruators extra sick time for their periods. The day of the first meeting, I got some cookies and waited. One person showed up, Doreen. She'd just started a couple of days before. We chatted for a little while, then I said, well, I guess it's just us. Let's begin. So, Doreen, tell me, what do you find is the hardest thing about working full-time when you have your period? What? <laughs> I mean, you know we're all so secretive about it, even though we all know we're having it, right? I'm sorry. This group is about Aunt Flo? Yeah? Well, I've been signing up for everything that came my way. I, I figured I had to, being a new employee and all. But I don't think I can be part of a group about having my period. And that was that. The first Aunt Flo support group meeting was our last. Aunt Flo took a vacation from torturing me when I had my first daughter. Then again, when my second daughter came. But other than that, Flo was with me for almost 40 years. Hard at work, month after month, year after year after year. I once calculated that I'd spent about $18,000 keeping up with Flo. In time, her visits became irregular. She wouldn't show up for a whole month or more. Then she'd come back with a vengeance. I don't like to use the word hemorrhage or clot, but that's the vocabulary we're dealing with. 
Then I finally went a whole year without a visit from Aunt Flo. Not even a postcard. She was gone, and I was thrilled. I could wear any color pants I wanted, any time I wanted. I didn't have to buy tampons. I didn't have to lie. Of course, now I had to deal with a whole other situation, the change. The change came with its own array of joys, but that's another story for another time. Oh, you're never gonna believe what happened to me last week. I was at the grocery store going up and down the aisles like always when I spotted an old friend in the bakery section, Aunt Flo. She didn't see me at first and I was curious, so I peeked into her carriage and saw one of those sheet cakes with the words, Happy 13th Birthday written on it. Wait, girls got cake now? I didn't get a cake. Anyway, seeing Flo was triggering Suddenly, I was bloated and crampy, irritable. I, I wanted to run away, but I had this nagging question I just had to ask. I tapped her on the shoulder. Hey, Aunt Flo, it's, it's me. Oh, yeah, whole berry. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Listen, can you tell me one thing? What the hell was that? What the hell was what? All the blood. All the pain. I've done my research. Even doctors don't know why we shed our eggs this way. Why can't they just slough off like dead skin cells? Flo pulled me aside. Hey, the system is the system. You can't rock the boat. Why not? It's a dysfunctional boat. We need to rock it. But she just scurried off to the express lane with her sheet cake. Aunt Flo! I'm not even supposed to be talking to you! You're in menopause! When Aunt Flo came to visit my daughters, I gave my girls lots of good information. Nothing about Adam and Eve. Nothing about an apple. I told them to be proud, to not be ashamed, even if they bleed on a chair in class, even if the whole world sees. And my girl said, Oh my God, Mom, never! That's when it became clear. We've got a lot of work to do. You've been listening to A Period Piece by Susan Luminello and performed by Celeste Howe. This episode was produced and designed by Jay Hagenbuckle for Cape Noir Radio Theater in partnership with Cape Cod Theater Company, HJT, Kate Pazakis, Artistic Director. Let's listen to some more of Back on the Chain Gang by The Pretenders. Cape Noir on OMR.
Wretched life. 